Well, I, again, I'm Pastor Jim. I'm the community life pastor now that I remembered. <laughs> uh, our lead pastor, Pastor Maddox, and his family are on vacation. And so, yeah, pray for them that they'll get good rest and have a great time together as family. And so, in the meantime, we're here and just continue to come together, gather together to worship. Nothing will ever slow that down. Is that right? I mean, that's why we get up on Sunday, because we long to be with each other. Right? All right, good, good. So uh, I'm going to just take a little step off the Luke series. Um, Pastor will continue on that next week. So today I just uh, want to share something that's been on my heart. And uh, so we're going to just kind of jump into this message. Matthew 16 will be our text. We'll get there in just a minute. But before we get there, I, I want to uh, reveal to you, well, in case you didn't know, part of my responsibilities as community life pastors, I get the incredible privilege of leading the worship team here, and, which I love. A great team. We actually have two teams, and they're just fantastic. Don't you love these guys? I mean, they just really, really are awesome. And, yeah. But what I'm going to do is I'm going to reveal to you a secret about our worship team. Are you ready for that? Secret inside story of the worship team. Uh, you, I mean, you probably noticed that we all come up here and we put our little in-ear monitors in. And those are they're essential because those things are kind of telling us what's going on with the other musicians. Otherwise, we're like... <laughs> I don't know what's going on. You know, we'd just be going wherever. And so that's our monitor system. It lets us hear each other and stay connected. And it's great. But we recently added something to our, our mix that goes on in our ear. Because most of the time, you know, we're just hearing the vocals, the drums. we got all that going on in our ears. That's good. We need that. But we added something in there called, uh, we call it the click track or a metronome. If you're not familiar with a metronome, it's just a little timing device. You know, there's a tempo to every song. And so we actually, Jaron, my, my son Jaron, if you didn't know that, my son Jaron, the drummer, comes in and he programs the tempo. There's a little device in there and he just programs it in. And when we practice, we start it off and there's like so many ticks and then we, that tells us that's where we start. And it just keeps us going. And we hear that and, and we have that in our ear and that helps us to follow the song. I mean, it's kind of important, right? Uh, can I, let me give you a confession though about this. We, we just started doing this three, four months ago, I think, maybe. It was horrible when we started it, horrible. <laughs> there was one Sunday, I'll never forget, uh, not your fault, it's just the way it was going. I was trying to find the rhythm because this was, you know, I was still getting used to that, so I'm hearing this click and my hand was doing something else. <laughs> like, and then you guys started clapping off beat. <laughs> I mean, it was a moment. I mean, it was, it was a sheer panic. I, it was like, we didn't develop a signal for, kill it. <laughs> That's what was going on. So it was, it was really hard to get used to. The truth is, uh, honestly, we are still getting there. It's important. But here's the deal. Um, why would we do that? I mean, you know, we go through all this. Why would we put ourselves through this? Uh, the thing is, even though we have an incredible team of musicians and vocalists, our number one challenge really for any team, any worship team, any band is to stay on tempo together. Yeah. It's, a big, it's a big challenge. Uh, for instance, you know, I hear a song, this is amazing, you know, and I start it with what I hear. But that's, it's arbitrary. Today I hear it like this, tomorrow I hear it like this, come on. Let's... And so it's just whatever tempo's in my head we start with, and so that might be okay. And then you add in, sometimes the dynamic of the song will change, and the next thing you know, it's like, wow, where are we? You know, and we can get really way off. So that metronome is... That, that helps us to stay together. It keeps everyone on track. It takes all the guesswork out of it. It's just really nice. It's beautiful. 
it, it instantly in that moment just ties us all together. So in that moment, we're all like, okay, that's, that's, our, that's our baseline, that's our, that's our timing. It provides that base timing that's just really, you know, it's reliable, uh, it's, it doesn't change, uh, it, it's all, it's there, we, we don't have to worry about it, we don't have to wonder if we're on timing, we just listen to that, and we just clue into it, and, and, and so it, consequently, it gives our music a much more solid feel, which for you, it helps us to worship, because then timing and, and, and the song getting wonky doesn't distract us from worship, it's, it's like the song is solid, it's just, there it is, and we can just worship the Lord and not go, what is going on up there, you know? So it's, 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 it's awesome. And in time, <laughs> it will make us all better musicians. Trust me. That's what I keep saying. It will make us better. It will make us better. Um, but I want to take that thought, and I want to apply that not just to our worship team, and I, I want to apply that to the entire church family. My hope today is that before we all walk out of this church here in just a little bit, uh, is that I'm asking the Holy Spirit's help to help every person to consider that, that you can consider this your church home. Uh, to remember that the body of Christ needs to recognize that uh, the enormous value of unity in the church and be willing to sacrifice, put forth the effort to keep it. It takes, whether you recognize it or not, but our worship team, it takes an enormous amount of energy, effort, work, and sacrifice just to stay together. For those of your musicians will say, yes, it does. We put a lot of time into it. We put a lot of effort into it. We think through it. We talk through it. We really discuss through it. Why? Because being together is essential for a band, for a worship team, for any, any, any group like that. You take that and you just move that out into the church. So what I'd like to do today is just give us four reasons, four reasons why it's important for us to have this kind of unity and kind of provide us what I, our own click track, if you will, a click track of unity for us. So you ready to do this together? So let's look at the first reason why the value of unity is so absolutely monumental in the body of Christ. Number one, the church is God's plan for the changing world. Uh, let me, yeah, let me, I'm just going to throw out, I have a lot of questions. Is, is, is Sunday morning church, is, it just, is church just a Sunday morning thing? Come on, help me out. Is this just a Sunday morning thing? No, not at all. Is this supposed to be a safe cocoon where we just all come and we, we're, we're safe? It's not really supposed to be that. Uh, we're as a matter of fact, we're supposed to be changing this world and making waves and making ripples. Not because we are mean or loud or demanding. It's because why? Because we're saved and we're healed and we're blessed. We're the children of God and we're not going away. And we want to see everybody who's on this planet come to know Jesus Christ. Am I right? So, you know, and, and I often think to myself, you know, if people can be really loud and bold about their sin, why should we be intimidated to hide our Christianity, right? So our amount, you know, we want to see every person come to know Jesus. That's what the church is all about. You know, as, as a matter of fact, let me just suggest to you a better way of just fighting sin, fighting pornography, fighting alcoholism. The, the, you, know how, you know how we deal with that? It's when enough people get saved and born again and discipled, that kind of stuff goes away. That's, that's the way it happens. Get people saved into church and discipled, and all of a sudden bars shut down. As a matter of fact, you look at some of the revivals of old, and that's what happened. People got born again and saved, and well, people weren't going to bars and doing stuff and, and all that kind of thing. Get full of God and get full of faith in God, and all this other stuff will just, it'll fade away. Am I right? That's the way in. That's, what, that's the purpose of the church. He says, come on, church, I need you to go out and, and be, a, you know, the, the solution is the church advancing 
and people getting born again and being discipled. And that's, that's the hope and the purpose of God. And so we're not here to put this thing under a bushel. We're here to put, this candle, put it on a candlestick and make it shine. Am I right? People may not like it, but that's our call. And that's why we're on this planet. So we are on the verge of a major move of God on this planet. And people are beginning to take notice. And we are not meant to be in secret. God wants this thing on a hilltop. I mean, check it out in the scriptures. That's what Jesus says. I want it on a hilltop. I want it shining. I want people to see it. I want people to hear it. He likes signs and wonders. Because why? Signs lets people know that something's going on. So God still does signs, and, he, and we are part of that today. That's why we are here today. So the church is not just a Sunday thing. So we're, and so, you know, we know this. Are we supposed to be quiet and just kind of hold on until Jesus comes? No, I would tell you what, we're supposed to be in, we're supposed to be building up and demonstrating his strength and his hope and his grace to this world. Our lives are blessed, our lives are healed, our lives are blessed because of him. Our kids are saved, and when people see the true goodness of God in us, wow, that's, it leads them to repentance. It draws people to him, it draws people to what? His church. So, so how can we do the Lord any good if we go and hide, right? We're not going to do him any good if we're hiding. So it takes us strength every day to live this out. So number one... <laughs> You know, the church is God's plan for change in the world, all right? So number two, actually, why don't we go ahead and stand for the reading of this text together in Matthew chapter um, 16. Let me start at verse 13. Now, when Jesus came into, and what, what, wait a minute, what am I supposed to say? If you have your Bibles, and I know that throws people off. It's like, yeah, it's programming. I get that. Sorry about that. All right, so you do have your Bibles. Here we go. Matthew 16, 13. Uh, when Jesus came into the district of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, who do people say that the Son of Man is? And how you answer that question is, is everything, by the way. Verse 14 and 15, they said, some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, and others Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. He said to them, but who do you say that I am? Simon Peter replied, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus answered him, Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. I tell you, you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. God bless the reading of his word. Thank you. You can be seated. Thank you. On this rock, the rock of Christ, the Son of the living God, Peter isn't the rock that he's talking about that the church is built on. Jesus is the rock, the foundation of the church. We are part of that building. We are the living stones that have been sealed, set in place in this divine building called the church by the Holy Spirit. He put us here, and that's how he builds this church, us. He's working on this building all the time, by the way, working on the church. The lost are his building materials. That's just awesome. Think about that. The lost are the building materials of Jesus building his church. And he's going to come back, and the Word of God says he's going to come back, and he's going to fill this house with his glory. And you talk about a future. Wow. So here we are. What are we doing? We're here. To, we're part of his church to bring the lost, the building materials for Jesus to build his church so he can fill this place with his glory before he returns. I mean, are we aware of that every day? That's pretty impressive. I mean, that's what, we get, that's what we're here for. That's awesome. That's a big deal. That's worth getting out of bed for. Am I right? I mean, that's good. I will build my church. I mean, is that what Jesus is doing right now? That's one. 
That's, that's the, the thing that Jesus is doing. I will build my church. So is, is this a big deal to him, building his church? Oh, yeah, it's huge. It's everything. It's, it's, it's important. It's, it's, it's a huge priority to the kingdom of God. What else is more important to him than his church? It's everything to him, his church. Church, you know, you look up that word, and there's a lot of definition. The one I like the most is it's the assembly or the called out together ones. The called out together ones. We are here together this morning. We are the church. The Lord is building us. He called us out together to come here to be part of building his church. And the word of God says the gates, the authorities, the powers of hell cannot hold out against it or keep it, keep it from going forward. It will not prevail or overpower or hold out against us. That's just, that's Jesus. He said, nothing's going to prevail against this. There's nothing that can stop this mighty moving force called the church. This is what God is doing in the church right now. His church. So what should we be doing? Go ahead, you know. What should we be doing then? If that's what he's all about, we should be all about that too. Building his church. Working together with him to build his church. So we're church builders. That's one, I mean, that's our purpose. We're, we are building the church, not just a church. Connection Point Church is just a small part of the whole thing. It's just a small part. I mean, we got to see that. This is just a little part. But we're building the church. There are a lot of, there are a lot of believers in heaven uh, and, and, on her, and on earth. And this is just a, a small compared to the whole church that, that, that we're talking about here this morning. But God intends for this thing to get a whole lot bigger. He does. A whole lot bigger than this. This is great. Not just here, but his church. He intends for it to get so much bigger than it is now. Will he be happy until every person has heard the story and the message of Jesus and surrendered? That's, the, that's, that's our goal. And the gates of hell will not prevail against it. So we're believing God for the church to be built. And so again, he calls it my church. Look at this scripture here in Ephesians chapter 4. Yeah, and this kind of want to transition then, you know, just away from those thoughts there. Those are important thoughts. It's his church, you know, um, and we're part of his church. Therefore, it says in uh, uh, Ephesians chapter 4, verse 1 through 6. I realize I didn't actually say the re reason number two, did I? Reason number two is Jesus sees the church as his bride, his wife, his house, his family. It, those are all different words that, that the Word of God uses to describe that. So here's kind of a verse that goes along with it, Ephesians 4. Therefore, I therefore, a prisoner for the Lord, urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you've been called with all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love, eager to maintain the unity of the Spirit and the bond of peace. There is one body, one Spirit, just as you were called to one hope that belongs to your call. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God, the Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all, but grace was given to each one of us according to the measure of Christ's gift. You go down, verse, drop down to verse 11, and he gave the apostles, prophets, evangelists, the shepherds, the teachers, to equip the saints for the work of the ministry, for the building up of the body of Christ, until we all attain to the unity of the faith of the knowledge of the Son of God to mature manhood to the measure of the stature of the fullness of God. So you see here, when we grow up, is the church built up. So that's the way. When we grow up and become mature, the church gets built up. When people are saved, the church is built. And when those who are in the church grow up, the church is even built up further. So we all should be active in getting people into the kingdom and building up those who are in the kingdom. So that's, that's where it's at. Bring people into the kingdom and build those up who are in the kingdom. That's building the church. 
That's how it happens. Amen? So that's our part in building the kingdom of God. But we have to see, you know, that the church, that, that, that's how the Lord is doing things. It's through his church, and it's a big deal to him. He calls it his bride, his wife. I, I, you know, it, it would be like someone says, you know, if someone came to me or you or, or whoever and says, you know, I really like you. I just don't like your spouse. <laughs> well, in the conversation, right? I mean, that would be the end of it. It's like, we are one. <laughs> We're done, right? I love Jesus. I just don't love the church. See, it's his bride. It's everything to him. It's his family. It's his body, the word of God says. It's everything to him, right? So that's reason number two. Number three, the third reason why it's important for us to see the value of unity in the body of Christ is the power of unity makes way for the impossible things to become possible. And I know already you can think of stories, and we're going to look at a story that's very familiar to us in Genesis chapter 11 here. But this is the issue. Did you know, I mean, think about this. I believe this with all my heart. There are enough believers on this planet right now to take over. Right now. If we all got together and acted as one, wow. There are enough believers, I believe with all my heart, if we got together and acted as one man, we could close every bar. <laughs> we could change every law that does not favor their church. We could stop pornography and sex slavery all across the world. I believe that with everything in me. I believe if we got together as one person, one man, one, that we could do that. I believe there's enough believers just in the USA to see those kinds of things happen. I, I believe that. And, and I believe equally to that, the devil is terrified of that, that idea. Terrified. All the believers getting together? <laughs> no, 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 not going to happen. And you know the, the intense effort and resource and time and schemes and plans that the enemy has launched through millennium to keep that from happening. Am I right on that? And we could go into that all day. He knows more than I think we do what the church's potential is. I believe that. What we could do in all the earth if we just got together, we could shut him down. We could turn him, I mean, just turn it off. Just like that, if we were one man. Oh, that we would all be one. You can, and, and you see that in the language of Jesus when he's talking to his disciples. Oh, that you would be one, right? That was the prayer of Jesus. He's believing that to come to pass, and, and, and he wants that to happen. It should happen. It can happen. And I don't want to drag my feet from making that from happening. If that's a big deal to Jesus, if the church is that big a deal to him, if we need to see that value, then God, make sure, help me to make sure that I'm not dragging my feet from making that happening. I want to be on board for that kind of unity. Anybody else? So we're to put out effort in the work that it takes to achieve that kind of unity. We have to put it out. We have to put out a lot. I'm not talking about unity of every idea and doctrine. I'm talking about unity of spirit. I know there's no way that we're going to have unity in every idea and doctrine, but we can have unity of spirit. And the devil hates that. Genesis chapter 11, you know the story here, and the Lord came to, down to see the city and the tower which the children of man had built. And the Lord said, behold, they are one people, and they have all one language, and this is only the beginning of what they will do. And nothing that they propose to do will now be impossible for them. Nothing. Who's talking here? God. 
They're trying to do something. I mean, first of all, they're trying to do something they didn't really clear with him. <laughs> I mean, they should have got his idea on that. But at the same time, even bad things, if enough people get together, can get it done. You see that in this world. Because the power of unity. That's just the principle. I like the Amplified Version. It says, And the Lord said, Behold, they are one people, and they have all one language. And this is only the beginning of what they will do. And now nothing that they have imagined that they can do will be impossible for them. If they can imagine it, they can do it based on what? Them just being together and talking together. That's all it took. Just being together and talking together. That simple power of unity. Be together, talk together. Nothing they plan will be impossible. And again, we could talk about, you know, just even the beginning of the United States of America and how the United States of America works and all the different states. And you see the, you know, the United States of America. And, you know, there's different states and they have different approaches and leadership and all that kind of stuff. But we are the United States. God has allowed us all to come together. And, and I think we've seen historically in the last 241 years that, that some of the blessing of the United States of America that we've seen is just simply because of the unity that we have as a nation. Now, we don't see that currently, but, that, but are the, the foundation and the basics, uh, basis of our country is built around that kind of unity. There was such a tenacity for that unity. Um, and so, you know, that's why we've become one of the most financially, militarily strongest nations in the world. And of course, that's arguable, and I know we could talk about that a lot. But what if 100 churches got together? You know? What if just 100 churches got together? I mean, you know, wow. Just to, to agree with him and to hook up with Jesus by faith. Unity is a big deal. It's part of what the church is. It really is a big, big deal to the Lord. If we don't have unity, we are not a church. That's pretty sobering. If we don't have unity, we're not a church. If we don't agree on anything, then we will not keep coming together. Wow, that's sobering, right? The whole room just kind of goes, That's true. Because honestly, I mean, I don't like to, you know, but I've seen over the years of ministry, 33 years of ministry, I hate to say this, but, you know, you've seen churches who split. And... And usually, it has something to do with that. Too, too much of the time, it's because of this lack of unity. You know, you see that with marriages. You see that with businesses. Homes don't stay together. Why would the church stay together if it's a family and it operates by the same principles as a family? I mean, there's unity is essential. Are you following me so far? Let's go to the fourth reason. Why do we need to value unity in the body of Christ? Number four, the enormous effort of unity is always worth it. The enormous effort of unity is always worth it. Back to that verse in Ephesians. It says, endeavoring to keep the unity. Or it says, make every effort to keep the unity. Being diligent to make the effort to keep the unity. Effort means that we're going to have to do something, right? That's what that means. We have to put forth effort to get unity. It doesn't just... Sit on us. There's an effort that's involved there. There's work that takes to get to that place of unity, right? Uh, to keep the unity of the Spirit, we have to put that kind of effort into it. We have to be diligent to keep this thing together. We have to see the value of unity. It says, and the way to that, the way that we understand the value of that is found in verse 2. It says, with lowliness, long suffering, and forbearing. That's the way into recognizing the value of, uh, of unity, and what that's the big motivator and the director of keeping 
of having uh, of having the um, the strength to to put forth into the effort it takes to keep unity. And so, what does that mean? It means if you really, if in, in today's language, when you look at verse two in that context, with lowliness, long suffering, forbearing, in today's language, you know what that means? It means putting up with. <laughs> That's kind of what it means, right? Lowliness, long suffering, forbearing. It just means putting up with. Famous. And let me just say it this way. And again, I'm not trying to be negative in any way. I'm just trying to help us to see the value. Sometimes you have to see the other side of this too. I think the famous last words of people who leave churches or, or split churches is this. I'm not putting up with that anymore. The famous last words of, of a couple when they split. I'm just not putting up with this anymore. The famous last words of when a, a, a business goes upside down is, I'm just not putting up with this anymore. I'm done. I'm done. I have nothing more to give you. What happens? You split, you fall. Happens to nations, happens to families, happens to churches. So it's worth, it's worth it. Let me just say again, brothers and sisters, it's worth some effort to keep things together. Am I right? It's worth the enormous effort that it takes to to keep that unity alive. It really is. And let me just say this. I, I believe that that's one of the major values of our church. I think that's one of the major um, legacies of our church is there's been an incredible, incredible history and legacy of unity in this church. So I'm not addressing something that I think is messed up or out of whack or unhealthy. So let me just, I think it'd probably be good to just pause there. This is not me saying, come on, slackers, y'all need to unite. It's not that. But it's also recognizing that in order to maintain that and keep that, you have to, there, there has to be an effort. We can't just go, oh, there has to be that ongoing. And so we have to keep before us, you know, the value of that. And I cherish that legacy so much that I, I mean, everything in me says, God, help us to maintain that same respect and value of that unity so that we can continue to see your kingdom built here at Connection Point Church. So that's why. That's really what it's in me to do that. Uh, so, you know, the Lord really wants to see that within, within us is that, that lowliness, not high-headedness, meekness, so different from pride, long-suffering, <laughs> instead of the short fuse, long-suffering, forbearing with one another in love. So why did he give this, you know, this command to love? Because he knows it's the only way to keep us together. It's the only way that we can achieve and maintain the unity of the spirit. The only way the unity of the faith is by walking in love with each other, when we do this, the enemy hates it. <laughs> and I just, it just, it almost brings something, yes, just knowing the enemy hates when, when we, we get together with that kind of love, with that kind of unity, with that kind of forbearance and long-suffering with each other. Oh, you can just imagine how it infuriates him when he sees the church coming together. I'm like, yes! So, you know, if we're willing to put up a little longer, if we're willing to humble ourselves and believe God for another week, how quickly things can change and people can change. When we change our wording, I'm not going to write anybody off. This is my family, my church family. I'm not writing anybody off. I'm going to have forbearance, long-suffering, and meekness. I'm not just going to blow anybody off anymore. I'm not just, you know, it says endeavoring, endeavoring. Why do we put all this, why do we put all this effort into unity? Why are we talking about all this effort into unity? Because 
to keep the unity of peace. It's important for us to have that. Because honestly, is this not how the world judges us? This is a biggie. Because they get this stuff everywhere they go. (laughs) Everywhere they go, they see a lack of unity, backbiting, you know? And they see, you know, all that. And and then they come in and go, wait a minute. It's not any different in the church. I want to come in a place where it's totally different, where people love each other, forbear with each other, say, I I will put up with you, and I'll do anything. I'll I'll do whatever it takes to keep that kind of unity. I will love you. I will lay down my life. I'll do everything it takes so that I can walk in unity with my brother and sister. Man, it says, by this will all men know that you are my disciples, that you love each other as I have loved you. Aren't you glad Jesus didn't say, I'm done. I'm just so done with you guys. Done with the church sick of it and if there's anybody that could have said that it would be jesus how many times do you think he probably thought i'm done how many times do we got to go through this you know so you can only imagine and and but what keeps him there what keeps jesus committed to us wow it's that forbearance that meekness that long suffering wow thank you jesus that's the will of god that's the heart of god that's the faith of god That's what makes us different from those who have split and failed. That's what makes the difference. And the Lord wants us to operate like that. That's that's how families operate. As a matter of fact, as we kind of approach a conclusion here, let me look at Colossians chapter 3. Because as as I say, the church is such a good picture of, of the family. And so some of the dynamics of a family apply so well to the church. And I like the language of Colossians 3, 18 through 20. It says, wives, submit to your husbands as is fitting to the Lord. Husbands, love your wives and don't be harsh to them. Children, obey your parents in everything for this pleases the Lord. So what do you see? When, here's three words that it talks about. If you want to see life, success, and unity in, in, in your family, there has to be submission, love, and obedience. I mean, those are three biggies. You take submission, love, and obedience out of home, there's no hope for unity. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? We're the same way. The church is a family. The Lord helps keep us together, you know, and, and, and that's the way in is through submission, love, and obedience. You know, that's the way in. That's what it's going to take. That's the effort that it takes for us to maintain this unity. That's the effort that it's going to take for us to put out. You just hear, I, I, it's sad so many times, you know, I've heard that in my own office, talking to people. To hear this language, you know, it's over. It's over. Get out. There's nothing you can do. People fall in and out of love. Can't help it. Just one of those great mysteries, you know? And everything in me just wants to say, where's, was there submission? Was there love? Was it, where's that? Yeah, let's just evaluate the submission, love, and obedience thing. You know, those simple things. And we do this in churches. I used to feel wonderful about coming to Connection Point Church. I just, it's not there right now. Make the effort. And I just encourage you, make the effort. And I, I, I just want to encourage you. I don't, I don't want anybody to become a chronic church hopper. And when the newness wears off, eh, it's just not the same anymore. I, I want us to be people who are committed to, to make the effort to be diligent, to endeavor to keep the unity. I'm willing to work and sacrifice and put up with these things and have patience to keep this together. I mean, I am willing and have been. I feel like if there's maybe one thing that somehow the Lord has graced me in 33 years of ministry, it's just that. Lord, I'll, 
I can put up with stuff for a long, long, long time. We long suffering. I, I, I want to see us be together. So, you know, how, how can, and because the truth is, how can we help each other when we take off when the first thing happens? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Eh, I came in and just, eh, I just didn't feel it. I wasn't sure. I didn't put any effort into it. You were, and then you just took off. Well, you know, let me just say that if the Lord has joined you to this place, stay here. Stay here. If this is your first day here and you just sense already, wow, I just sense there's something about the community and the family here. It's because we have been willing to pay this huge price of unity to maintain this. But let me just say this. Stay here. Stay with his will and his plan. Don't change all the time. Stay hooked in. Stick it out. See it through. Endeavor. Be diligent. Make the effort. Am I preaching in the right crowd today? Is this always, it's not easy to hear, but this is what it takes. This is the hard work that it takes for us to be this church. And, and, and especially as we see the, where the Lord has taken us in the next you know, in, in the months and years following, it's going to require so much more effort, so much more diligence to keep that unity. And let me just, I, so my, my encouragement to you today is that you will just enlist to say, I'll do whatever it takes. I'll do whatever it takes. So I'm, gonna, I'm just going to invite you to stand as we close. <laughs> it's the devil's worst nightmare if we, if we are together as one. Oh, it is. One place, one mind, one accord, miracles, signs, wonders, salvation happens in that kind of environment. I believe that's why we're seeing salvation. That's why I believe that there's, there's, uni, or there's baptisms going on here all the time because there's just an incredible spirit of unity about where we're going. It's clear of the vision that God has taken us to. Nothing is impossible if we will stick with that, right? So let me just say again, it's my, it's my heart that every member, every person standing here today who considers yourself part of the body of Christ and more specifically part of Connection Point Church to recognize the enormous value of unity in the church, be willing to sacrifice, put forth the effort to keep it. So my first thought this morning is if you're here today and you just recognize, wow, I, I just realize I'm not even a part of the body of Christ. I'm hearing all this language and I kind of recognize that I know something about Jesus. I've heard people talk about Jesus, but I really have never really surrendered my life to Jesus. And I want to be a part of a community that has that kind of intense passion for unity. I want to be a part of a family like that. Well, it starts with confessing your sins and making Jesus Lord of your life. That's how it all started with all those who are believers in this church. That's the way into the community of God. So I want to invite all of you this morning if you're here this morning and you would like us to pray with you and say, I want to be a part of that community, Pastor Mark's going to be over here uh, to my left, uh, to your right. And we would love to pray with you. We would love to just have a time of prayer that we could walk you through and understanding what it means to be a part of the family of God and then give you a Bible and say, hey, listen, you have now joined the community of believers at Connection Boy Church and specifically or generally or universally the body of Christ. That's exciting. So I'm going to ask you all just to bow your heads and close your eyes. If maybe you're, that's you this morning, you walked in, you didn't even know, but the, per, the reason you came here today was because the Lord wants you to join the community of believers and become a believer in Jesus Christ. And you want to surrender your life today. You want to get saved. You want to give your heart to Jesus. If that's you, would you just raise your hand this morning? We'd love to pray with you. Love to spend some time with you and give you a Bible and just get you started on your journey with Jesus. If that's you, just simply raise your hand.
Mark will be here if through the service here in just a little bit if you just go yeah I didn't respond I wasn't sure please come and respond and we'll we'll definitely pray with you but in just a moment Chris and the worship team are going to close with the song uh, Psalm 100 and it talks about the Lord leading us in battle he's with us he's our shelter he's this incredibly big big God and he's longing listen he is longing to lead his church in great things but it can only happen if we keep together so what I'm going to ask you to do is something I don't think we've ever done before, but I just felt like this would be a great way for us to close. I'm going to ask you to do something. A little bit ago, you got together in groups in your weekly review. If you will just simply go back to those groups, and I'm just going to give you a couple questions, and I just want you to spend a, a minute or two just answering these questions within that community of people that you were you connected with during that weekly review time. The first one is, in, in that group, you... I'm just going to ask you to take a moment to evaluate and say, hey, I realize I need to re-enlist. I've been just, you know, I've just been kind of sort of in, but I need to really enlist in this thing. I really need to be all in with my commitment to unity in this church. Or I've never, you know, I've never enlisted. I've, I've never done, this is my first time. So it could be that for the very first time somebody wants to enlist. Great, do that. But just ask, do you feel like this is a moment where you just need to say, yes, I'm all in. I'm ready to make the effort. So I ask that question. And then number two, I'm going to ask you to commit together because I really feel like the crux of what I was talking about really came down to this, that we need to change. We need to make sure that we have our correct vocabulary. We need to shift from, I'm not putting up with this anymore to Lord, I'm willing to make the effort of submitting, loving, and obeying to see our church built up. So just take that, take a second to just to look at those two things. Do you need to re-enlist? And do you need to change your vocabulary to something like, yes, Lord, I'm all in. I'm willing to submit, love, and obey to do whatever it takes to build up your church. So those are some pretty awesome questions. So they're going to play, and I'm just going to ask you again, just go ahead at this time. Just find your groups that you're in and just take a few minutes and just talk about that. Commit to each other on those questions. Would you do that?